0: We are glad you're with us, and uh, we are broadcasting live. We are at the Social House, AJUS, which is where you can find us. And uh, we are here in, uh, well, for a couple of reasons, as a matter of fact. It's their grand reopening here at the Social House. Uh, Dan Della and his staff, a longtime sponsor of the program. They're uh, actually painting the front of the place as we speak. It should be done. They open up here, uh, officially open up here in about uh, about an hour but uh, they're finishing up a lot of the touches they're finishing the paint they're finishing a lot of the trim the siding and such and getting it all done but uh, we are here today because we are uh, putting together uh the the fisher house ride and this is our first stop on pre-registration we have the pre-registration flyers that are here uh you come in you get scanned you get to, to today there is a uh, registration prize, so to speak, for those that come in here and register via our QR code today. But you can do it all over, as a matter of fact. Uh, if you want to do it, uh, you know, at any one of our stops, we're going to be at uh, the War Memorial coming up here in a week. We're going to be at Pottawatomie uh, Hotel Casino relatively soon. We're going to be at the Rock Sports Complex. And they're going to be doing a lot of our on site registration in those capacities. But today we're here at Social House. And we're going to hear from a lot of good people today that we don't normally hear from on the program. So uh, coming up here in about an hour and a half from now, uh, the staff from uh, uh, where we advertise all the time, our friends over there at. Uh, uh the bud pavilion at state fair park they're going to swing by and fill us in what's new coming to not only uh bud pavilion for wednesday night live but also for the state fair this year uh angie christensen who is the president of fisher house is going to stop by and tell us what the ride means and how uh, we need volunteers and such and she can explain all of that so if you're interested in doing something like that you certainly can but Today, uh, we are hanging out here, but uh, when you talk in grand scheme of sports, man, what a walk-off win yesterday for the Milwaukee Brewers. Catching here getting the call up, comes up, and we just got done talking about getting him some playing time and being more consistent, and then lo and behold, uh, he ends up giving you the walk-off dinger, which, by the way, Ben, they called it 404 feet. Did you see how far that thing flew? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I didn't. I, I'm always thrown off by the dimensions at American Family Field. I feel like that went 440.
0: I was thinking when they announced it that it'd probably be about 415, 4 because it was on its way down. It hit the scoreboard, which is fine, but they called it 404. Well, dead straight away center field is 404. I thought for sure there'd be a 415, 420, 425 type of bomb. But nevertheless, it doesn't matter. A win's a win, and you take it, and you move on. But off day today, back at it again tomorrow. And uh, Keshen Hira gets, the, uh, gets the, the you know the the accolades uh, for the next 24 hours until they kind of gear it up all over again. But, man, what a big day for Keshen Hira yesterday. And like I said, now they've got a little off time. Uh, Washington comes to town before they go on a pretty long road trip. Uh, where they're going to go to San Diego, St. Louis, and Chicago before coming back home to face San Diego to uh, open up June. But uh, yeah, they go to they go to the West Coast first trip to the West Coast, and then they come back to the Heartland where they take on St. Louis and Chicago. But uh, the Washington Nationals going to come riding in this weekend, and they've got Willie Adamas' bobblehead giveaway coming up this weekend. As a matter of fact, so if you uh, have, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. When is '90s Night? Is that this weekend or next or uh, the next road trip or the next homestand? Oh, I'm not sure. Do you know? They got 90s night coming up. Not quite sure when the 90s night is, but uh Vanilla Vanilla Ice singing Ice Ice Baby, 47 Straight Times to Rock Your World in Your Evening. <laughs> Cuz correct me if I'm wrong, he only had a couple of hits and that was his big one and you got to you got to imagine if you're going to the Vanilla Ice concert. When you go there, you're going to hear Probably five to ten songs you might have heard of, maybe a few rappers that you've maybe heard of, and then you got to figure either it's the encore or the final song is going to be the Ice Ice Baby, and the place rocks, and everybody goes home and says, "Man, we had to wait a long time to hear just that." That's my assumption. But '90s night coming up down at the ballpark. Are you a Vanilla uh, the phone ice guy? Phone number is You know, back in the day when uh, I was DJing in clubs, it was huge. I got to admit. But I think he's coming with Rob Bass. Now, Rob Bass, uh, the the song It Takes Two, was the number one dance song of the decade. I mean, when you threw Rob Bass on, between that and Vanilla Ice, you packed the dance floor. That was always your guaranteed go-to. Um, unless, of course, you threw out the ultimate white person's dance, dance, which was the electric slide. But that's what you went to. So one of those three songs, you were guaranteed that you would fill the dance floor in, and that was the rest of your night. The place was packed. But what you always wanted to do, you held that in your quiver until you absolutely needed it to kind of gauge the enthusiasm of the crowd. Otherwise, it ended up being kind of a non-energetic night, if you see the, the DJ mentality there. <laughs> you could care less. It's on Saturday, by the way. <laughs> to, answer question, to answer your question, if you if you had a car with a good – Blaupunk stereo, a good amp in it, and a lot of thumping. Yeah, you could play it every now and then. But I was not uh, cruising around with it just jamming in the car. But you would hear it. I mean, you would pull up the stoplights or, you know, up and down the boulevard, so to speak. Yeah, you you would hear it. So <laughs> but uh, it's, it's you know what, it's it's one of those songs that more today, when you heard it back then, when it first came on, people went, oh, you know, and then they went crazy to the dance floor. Now you hear it, and you're like, oh, I haven't heard this in a while. They all sing it like they know it. It's like Don't Stop believing when that comes on. You know, everybody, oh, and then they all sing it. It's the drunken bar song, you know. <laughs> but no, no vanilla I know ice on the... Don't Stop believing Oh, no, it's horrible. Don't Any uh vanilla ice on the no, Harley speaker
1: ever? Harley
0: speaker no, no, there's no. I, I was saying this the other day. I, uh, I had my Spotify on and I've got different categories. I've got categories when I'm just kind of, you know, like when I'm out on the boat. You know, it's a lot of Buffett, some, you know, Bob Marley. It's just kind of, you know, jamming away on the boat, and relaxing, cruising around type of music. Then there's the motorcycle, because you can never have Luck Be a Lady Tonight by Frank Sinatra cranking on the motorcycle when you pull up at a stoplight and look like a badass. You can't do it. Oh, that's what I pictured. You know, you just, no, no. Because then you'd have to say, well, my fedora blew off as I was driving down the road, and I lost it, and it just, yeah, it just, that doesn't work, you know. Uh, That's like you can't ever pull up on your motorcycle and accidentally have Man, I Feel Like a Woman by Shania Twain playing either. (laughs) It just, it just doesn't work out well. It's never a good ending, as kids even point and laugh, and, you know, they they throw hot coffee on you when they want to throw it out the window. So, yeah, you can't do that. So there's different selections on your Spotify for the different libraries. Now. I can't say, and I don't know for sure. I'd have to look. I can't say that it might not be like, um, like when I go uh, when I take my vacation in July, and when you're laying by the pool, and there's just a a giant, giant playlist that's like twelve, fifteen hours long. It might be a part of that, but I haven't. I, I honestly, I haven't taken a look at it. I have to go look and see if it's on there. But there you go. How we get on this, man? You start you know, talking about. Dennis is ice. my god. Nineties. I feel old. I know, I know. And then uh, Rick, hey Rick, how you doing, guys? Good to see you up and about. Uh, so anyway, Brewers get a nice walk off win yesterday. Here's the question, and, and you know I was on uh, with uh, our buddy Ernie from Viroqua this morning, uh, talking to him. And the question is, at what point do the Brewers go out and get a bat? My question is, when do they need one? When do they need? Do they need one? Do you feel that the Brewers are going to go get a bat before the trade deadline? Ben, do you feel they need one? I think it's a little too early
1: to say. Uh, They've been playing recently with guys hurt. You had Adamas is out now. McCutcheon had COVID. So I I think it's too early to say. We've seen them fully healthy, play well, but that was against bad teams. And now they're up and down. So I I don't know yet. I think maybe in a couple weeks, I think we should reevaluate.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at it as they're 10 games over 500. Uh, they've got one less win than the the Mets and the Dodgers for the best record in uh, the National League, and we're talking about the possibility of going and getting a bat. Um, I'm not a big fan right now of kind of being knee-jerk, saying, oh, my God, they they desperately have to go get one. I'm thinking more so you're going to kind of wait until you get uh, a, a fully back healthy McCutcheon, a fully back healthy Adamas, and wait and see how your pitching goes. Um, because you, you know, let's just say the worst case scenario happens and you have an injury or two via pitching, and then you're talking about going out and getting a pitcher and not necessarily a bad. So I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not looking at it as they have to go get one um and god god knows that if you get anything out of Lorenzo Kane and he starts to hit the ball in any way shape or form uh, at some point because Lorenzo Kane has been pretty much struggling all season long the uh, the average sitting at 182 is not getting much better with an OPS of only 641 if you start to get anything out of Lorenzo Kane to where he can say get that average to 230 240 between now and say the end of the all-star break I mean that would be huge that'd be like getting a bat uh, picking a bat up so you'd like to get a little bit more about you know from some of your bench guys but Narvaez is sitting steady at at 253 and your Reus has been really solid since since coming back and he's hitting just a tad under 300 with a slugging percentage of 431 and an 835 OPS so you're, you're you're looking for these guys to get better and obviously Christian Yelich who had that average going up and up and up and up and then we talked about it yesterday when Christian Yelich uh, after the videos doesn't do a whole lot in the realm of hitting at least yesterday he started to stroke the ball a little bit better as well and hunter hunter renfro had a pretty solid game yesterday you want to get adamas back and get the average up and the power stays the same so i don't think you need to go uh say well yeah right now we got to go get ourselves about i don't think you have to do that just yet i think you're probably going to wait until the first week of july start making some start making some maybe uh you know um you know, a little noise in that department when it comes to the All-Star break and general managers start meeting and talking about what their needs are and what possible deals can be out there. But I don't think you're going to see any of the Brewers do anything until at least after the All-Star break. That's just my thought, but I don't think you're going to see them do anything until after the All-Star break uh 877-867-1670 this portion of the program being brought to you by our friends at bud light they are the official beer sponsor of the bill michael sports talk network don't forget bud pavilion uh opening up this coming wednesday night to the bud pavilion music under the stars is back it's wednesday night live at the uh, state fair park six o'clock gates open seven o'clock the music starts rebel grace the first band to take the stage free parking for motorcycles and only five bucks for a car and free admission Fantastic stuff! So don't forget to check out our friends at the Budweiser Pavilion, Wisconsin State Fair Park, every Wednesday night for Wednesday Night Live. Uh, again, if you want to get a hold of us, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Also, uh, you can also track us down the old-fashioned way via email, thebillmichaels at gmail dot com. That's thebillmichaels at gmail dot com. You can also find us on Twitter and hit us up myself, uh, also Ben Ben Kenny at Ben Z Kenny as well at Ben Z Kenny. There you go. Find us in that realm as well. We are broadcasting live. We're at the Social House on Lisbon Road, Menominee Falls. Stop by. It's kind of between Menominee Falls and Brookfield. But come on out and say hello, and we would love to have you come out. And if you uh, ride or know somebody who does, come on out and uh, scan the QR code today while we're here. Get registered for the motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 4th. Cannot wait, and it benefits Fisher House Wisconsin, our military members, our veterans, and, of course, their families. So stop on by and say hello. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: One ball, two strikes on Hira, and a swing and a drive to the center field. Justin Hira has walked him off.
0: How about that? Two run blast,
1: and the Brewers win.
2: You know, it was just a
1: just a great team win, and uh, we had a lot of guys who came up clutch and had great at bats in big spots. And Keston kind of topped it off, but there there was a long list of guys that had some really tough at bats.
0: Welcome back to the program. Those are the words of Craig uh, Council. As uh, you know, he d- doesn't pull any punches there. He just basically says had some tough at bats. Here's how things went, and then ultimately, um, you know, here with the big, uh, big walk off hit. Uh, the call by I'll tell you what, Brian Anderson, whether he's doing uh, the NBA stuff or uh, or Major League Baseball, just fantastic, just fantastic to listen to to him to do his thing, and uh, good to get BA back. Uh, on the mic so good stuff there but uh, brewers get a away yesterday 10 games under or 10 games over 500 now and the question is do the brewers need to go get a bat do they need to go get a bat Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. 1670 if you're hanging out with us today we're broadcasting live at the social house watching us uh, over on the Bud Light live stream uh, some of the uh, the look now outside uh, at the patio and also uh, at the inside. The newly renovated interior here, uh, which, uh, again, nobody here because they're just getting ready to open here at 11 a.m. We got in here early today, but today is a fundraiser. Today, a lot of the proceeds... Uh, from the tap takeover, from our friends at Budweiser, some of the food and uh, donations and tips and such, going all weekend long uh, to Fisher House, Wisconsin. We can't say thanks enough to Dan Dell and his staff for doing this. It's a fantastic, fantastic thing and obviously it draws a lot of attention to the business. We're going to see our guys here from Burn Pit Barbecue today, but come on by. If you're going to do lunch, if you're in the area, if you want to come by and get registered for the motorcycle ride, please do so. Or if you just want to come in and and just check out the new digs, come on over. Uh, A lot of big-screen TVs, as you can see in the picture there. They've got the PGA Championship, which is underway, on, and uh, so much more. So come on in and say hello. We'd love to have you here at the social house here on in, on Lisbon Road and Menominee Falls, uh, Mac Daddy says uh, no. They don't need a bat yet. What they need to concentrate on is making sure that the pitching staff is solid as they head towards the All Star break. Once things settle down, you'll find out just how good this team is. You also um, you also need to get more out of Colton Wong. He has been solid, but can hit a little bit better, especially hitting at the top of the lineup. Um, this one is from uh, this one's from Steve. Steve says, I like what Rowdy Telez is doing. Would you leave him at the D H and play Keshin Hura every day over at first base? Well, when we talked about it yesterday, the one thing about Keshin Hura, specifically when he goes down to the minors, is when he gets an opportunity to play every day, he rakes. And, and and there's you know, no doubt about that for what he's been able to do and what he's been able to accomplish in the minors. So maybe giving him a legit shot to play every day in the bigs, um, maybe that helps him. And maybe his bat continues on, it picks up, and who knows how good he can be. But I, I you, you, you just need something for him, right? You just need something for him. You need, you need him to be consistent at the top, without a doubt. Um, but you need something out of him that's more than what he's given you on the most recent history, um, where he comes up and he hits one or two, and then after that just completely goes away, and he's just not figuring out big league pitching. It, you know what, I'll say this, though. It's not entirely his fault. Um, We talked about this yesterday, where pitching is so far ahead of hitting right now because of analytics, because of the videography, because of the way the pitchers can study the way to throw pitches, uh, as opposed to some of the hitting that has gone steadily down. So if he's hitting 210, 220, 230... It's not necessarily out of the norm as opposed to many other hitters in Major League Baseball. It's when you hit 175, 180, and you're down there consistently, and you're consistently striking out, and you're not putting the bat on the ball or at least putting the ball in play, then that's when you got to say, you know what, you got to go back down to the minors and start making contact because guys in the minors, nowhere near what guys in the majors are doing, uh, they're getting there, but he just goes down and rakes, and then he comes back up here and struggles. So good to see him get off to that start yesterday. But let's just see how long the sustainability is. But I like the thought of having have, kind of flip-flopping him and Rowdy Telez over at first base, but still giving them their at-bats. Uh, Scott says the bats have uh, needed work, um, uh, have to work harder due to the saber metrics used by pitchers. Use VR batting a practice. Um, which we talked about yesterday because they've got that. And I can't remember what the technology is. I can't remember what the uh, actual cinematography is, but it's, it's where they get it to a thousand, um, a thousand pictures a second to where they can slow it down and see the actual spin rate of the baseball. They can count the number of rotations on the baseball. They can see the delivery. They can see the snap and the wrist of what they need to do. The release point of the baseball pitchers are so far ahead of hitters at that point, and hitters the way you understand it is hitters aren't getting enough time to actually see the baseball and see the spin rate to understand what it is, is coming at them, whether the spin, because you know, the old adage was, as we were reading yesterday, that if you were a pitcher, you didn't want to lift, you didn't want to get bulky, you didn't want to get stronger. You wanted to keep that snap in your wrist and it would cause you uh, issues when it came to your velocity. Well, now we're finding out it's just the opposite that when you do work out on on flexibility when you do work out on strength and conditioning when you do work your legs and get stronger underneath you you get better push you get more velocity you get better snap and then the ball has more movement and pitching has become dominant when you talk about the hitting in major league baseball at some point i gotta think they're gonna move that mound back whether it's six inches or a foot Uh, at some point They're going to end up doing something like that, which is going to change a little bit of the face of baseball the way we know it. They've already tried to go to pitchers and say, "Okay, we're going to check you every inning for any sticky substance, whether it's spider tack on your elbow, your arm, under your hat, your glove, whatever, but um, and on your fingertips. And if you have it on you, then they're going to uh, toss you from the game. So we have seen them go that route to try to, you know, alleviate some of the uh, some of the crazy pitches that are out there. Uh, for pitchers that were putting up, you know, really stifling numbers because hitting is so inept right now, anemic, I guess, for lack of a better term. Uh, our buddy Dwayne says, good morning, good to see you at the social house. Uh, Amy and I loved it there. What a walk-off yesterday, win for the crew. Have a good one. This is from our buddy Kyle. He said, I'd like to see Kutch move to a center field, need more production than what Kane can give us. The one thing, I, and again, you'd like to see Lorenzo Kane begin to hit. And I don't think he can begin to hit if you're going to stick him on the bench. But I will say, uh, if if McCutcheon comes back from the COVID protocol, now he's got the extra day to get some rest, and he should be back for the Washington series beginning tomorrow. But if McCutcheon comes back and he's hitting, I think you got to put him in the lineup. I really do. I think you got to put him in the lineup and, and just leave, uh, leave Locaine on the bench for defensive prowess. Bring him in in late game situations when you are going to need good defense rather than and McCutcheon's still a solid defender, but I think uh, Lorenzo Cain may be just a tad bit better. But put him in for defensive situations or as a pinch hitter and just flip-flop him. But if McCutcheon's going to hit the ball and give you 230, 240, 250, uh, whereas Low Cain's going to continue to struggle, I, I I think you have to. I think you have to. I think you're right. 877 uh, 867 find us there. Uh, this one's from uh, Kevin who says over on the Bud Light live stream, he says, I think a bat would help not only to get more hits and runs, but it might actually help everybody else around him. Um, where? What position are you going for, Kevin? And that's my other argument to this is what position are you going for? Are you going for an outfielder or are you going for an infielder? Are you going for a corner infielder or are you going for a utility guy or if you're going for an outfielder are you going for somebody to play right or center? Cuz you know you're not going to you know move uh, Christian Yelich too much, you know? So where are you going to go? That's why as of right now I don't think you're going to go ahead and make a move. I think you're going to see what everybody can do and let them hit their way out of this a little bit. And looking at statistically speaking, anyway, you've got uh, guys that, you know, Andrew McCutcheon, Colton Wong, Rowdy Tellez, Willie Adamas, Hunter Renfro, Christian Yelich, all sitting at about 120, uh, between 100 and 135 at-bats. So you're not fully engulfed in the season. Lorenzo Cain, though, he hasn't even gotten to 100 at-bats yet. Uh, Lorenzo Cain with 88 on the season and uh, with only 16 hits Three of those extra base hits, only four RBIs, no power, no long ball, no triple, nothing like that. And he's got 23 strikeouts to only six walks on the season right now, And uh, which, you know, again, sitting there at 182 with a 216 slugging percentage and a 463 OPS, you are an offensive boat anchor at this point, without a doubt. Um, Ted says, good morning, glad to see everybody this morning. Ted, glad to have you on board. And again, we're broadcasting live at the Social House on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls and uh, talking brewers. We're going to be talking a little bit more about the Fisher House coming up, talking about some of the music lineup out at State Fair Park this year. That's all coming up later. We're going to talk uh, a little uh, college football today. By the way, we're going to talk a little more college football today, so a lot of that coming up. Uh, Tess says, uh, love me some walk-off homers yesterday. I was there. What a spectacular moment. Stayed to the very end. Uh, I, too, think they need to get a bat, but if they're going to get a bat, they have to get one for the outfield, not the infield. I think they're solid once Adamas comes back. That's from Tess. Tess, appreciate the email. This one's from Stan, who says, huge to get up to get the walk-off, but can he do it consistently? He doesn't have to consistently hit home runs, but just get on base more often. That will keep him in the bigs and not always be the odd man out. And that is from Stan. Stan. Appreciate it. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at New Mail Medical, treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin, well beyond the borders as well. And uh, they've got, by the way, when you listen to other ads and they talk about 80 70% success rate, 80%, New Mail's got a 98% success rate. 98 all but guaranteeing the fact that they can help you out when it comes to low t and feeling sluggish and moody and up and down and just kind of dragging hey they can help you out with that as well that's uh, the low t treatment it's just it takes you maybe five ten minutes to stop in get your numbers checked and you're going to be good to go or this time of year as the weather starts to turn we start to get a little bit warmer and uh, all of a sudden you look at yourself and you know, say, you know what, it's uh, T-shirt season. Uh, I need to get a little more fit, a little more in shape, drop a few pounds and look good. They can help you out with the All-in-One Weight Loss Program as well. And uh, all you got to do is give them a shout. 414-455-4451 for their locations all throughout Wisconsin. 414-455-4451. Again, 414-455-4451. Stop in. We sent you. By all means, 414 Give him a call and uh, see what they can do for you that's the Newmail medical center stay tuned we are broadcasting live at the social house lisbon road menominee falls going to be opening uh, the doors here which you know the front garage doors are already open but the doors will be opening here in about a half an hour stop on by get yourself registered for the motorcycle ride come in and have some lunch maybe a beverage a tapper because some of the proceeds go to fisher house wisconsin it's all weekend long it's the grand reopening here for the social house on lisbon road in menominee falls stay tuned we got more the bill michael show coming up next Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. We are broadcasting live. We're at the Social House on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. We're here today uh, to kind of kick off things, not only their grand reopening, but uh, our motorcycle ride and the proceeds here raised this weekend. A uh, portion of those going to go to the Fisher House, Wisconsin, so we appreciate that as well. So come on out. Maybe grab yourself a beverage your lunch or something good. This portion of the program also brought to you by our friends at Pottawatomie Bingo Casino. Uh, don't forget uh, Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Don't forget they are just uh, expanding in Milwaukee, and they are a proud supporter of our Fisher House ride. So is Great Lakes dragaway which is back open. And if you uh, have a street rod or you got a motorcycle, whatever it happens to be, and you want to go down and race it down in Union Grove, Wisconsin, do it! Uh, Great Lakes Drag away they are always open and rocking. Uh, don't forget the Rock Alpine Valley and also Knucklehead Bar uh, down in Palmyra. All of them uh, are going to be big supporters of the motorcycle ride this year, along with Growth Law Firm, one of the best law firms in the country when it comes to bikers' rights after uh, an accident. So, uh, and they also ride too. You're actually dealing with uh, with uh, lawyers who ride. So, uh, another positive there. And thanks to our friends at Growth Law Firm, G-R-O-T-H, GrowthLaw.com. So, so Ben, um, and I'm sitting here talking to you kind of during the break, but it, the NIL issue, you and I were talking about this the other day. The NIL issue is, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, uh, now kids in high school are signing NIL deals. Alabama coach Nick Saban basically said that Texas A&M, they're buying everybody. And, I mean, you talk about throwing some shade, man. Um, This was was Nick Saban talking about the NIL process, which name, image, likeness is what that stands for. NIL, that's what it stands for. You're now allowed to sell your name, your image, your likeness to sponsors. And supporters. And this I I said this when they decided to go in this direction. You are opening Pandora's box because it's going to be whomever begins to utilize the system monetarily the best and within the realm of legality is going to be the the, the institution that is going to just basically start buying players. And Nick Saban singled out Texas A&M. Take a listen to what he had to say. I mean, we were
2: second in recruiting last year. A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team, made
0: a deal for name, image, and likeness. We didn't buy one player. But I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. So there you go. The NIL sustainability, as he puts it, um, he just doesn't know if they're going to be able to do it in the future because of the amount of money that uh, some of these institutions have and some of these boosters have and so now you got Jimbo Fisher coming back at Nick Saban and arguing with him he said we build him up to be this czar of football go dig into his past it's despicable Uh, and you're like whoa wait a minute wow that's some pretty strong words I don't know if uh, you know we have that or not but uh, Jimbo Fisher called uh, Nick Saban despicable for his past, you know, I guess the allegations of his recruiting style in the past and what he's done. And now you've got the barbs going back and forth. And this is all over money. This is all over money. This is all over legal money. It's illegal money, all that kind of stuff. And this is the stuff that we've been talking about, that whether or not this is actually going to be something that is going to be good for college athletics or it's going to put so much mud in the water that it's going to be beyond despicably dirty. It, it's so so. I know Ben that you and I have talked about this. On one hand, do you just kind of smile to see the people that have been benefiting from recruiting, the people that have been benefiting from success? We'll say, as I say it in air quotes, so to speak, from uh, from those that have had big boosters, big deals, big programs. All of a sudden, Nick Saban has to start throwing shade at other programs. Well, I smile because
1: a a day like today, I I don't think we've ever seen in the sport of college football. This is a guy in Jimbo Fisher that had worked under Saban and worked with him, and now there is a full-on war. He pretty much said that someone should go slap Saban and and slap some sense into him, and we don't really see that with those powerful Mm -hmm. figures. But, yeah, it it is kind of a situation where all the people that have held all the power, you see the floodgates open with NIL, and they've all lost their minds
0: completely. Mm Mm-hmm. I I'm 100% agree. When you look at it, first of all, when you're now talking about high school kids getting money, and I understand what the advertiser is doing because they want to appeal to the high school kid that mom and dad are going to start buying things that are cool. So they're trying to get the kids to say this is cool because it's all about fashion. It's, it's not necessarily all the time about the science of what it is you're wearing. It's about the fashion of what it is you're wearing. So they want these kids to be held up and say, look how cool these kids are. You can be cool, too, if you buy this particular product, this particular shoe, this particular shirt, whatever. So, yeah, I, I understand what – I don't fault the advertisers. But this this thing where you're going to have guys now being paid for NIL deals, name and image likeness – where they're going to get money for appearances at car dealerships or at a business, at a company for a big booster, a big sponsor, especially when you're talking about some of the money in the South. When you start to talk about some of the money in, in the oil industry and in the cattle industry and in some of the big dealerships and such that are down there and some of the big uh, tech inju- industries that are down there, I can see where this really becomes problematic because some of these companies have so much money to throw around, they don't care. It's it's no big deal. It's all about how big of a booster they are within that collegiate system. And, the uh, you know, like I said, this is Pandora's box, man. Do you see I don't see this going anywhere. Good. Do you? Well, I think there will be a correction.
1: Whenever something like this happens, you kind of swing back to the other side eventually. So I think some of this chaos is, one, we had the COVID year, and then the roster management was weird, and now NIL started. So then everyone is just losing their minds over
0: what's happening. I think in a couple years, it'll calm down a bit. This is Jimbo Fisher now kind of uh, charging back at Nick Saban. Take a listen to what he says.
2: We built him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody that's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out, what he does and how he does it. And it's despicable. It really is. And it's a shame we have to sit up here and have this conversation about things we do. And it's and it, and it, personal to us. Yes, it is. It's personal to A&M. It's personal to our players. It's personal to our coaches and everybody involved. And I know the guy. know him really well. It's amazing that we're allowed to do those things. It's really despicable. And I, and I hate it. For our players who are coming here, who did things the right way, have done things the right way, and will continue to do things the right way, I apologize to you that people insult you publicly the way they're doing it. And our fans, I, I apologize to you guys for people saying those things about Texas A&M. But promise you this. There are, no, there are no violations. There are no violations.
0: There you go. That's, that's pretty strong.
2: I don't I wish he Don't
0: you wish when he says, do, do you, don't you wish he'd give you details? You know, don't you wish that he would give you the detail as to what, what he's talking about when he says, I've seen it, I know the guy? I wish he'd give us the details. I think we could reach a point if where, that we, find de- where we find them. Well, that's what I'm going to say is if that doesn't spark some kind of an NCAA investigation... In some way, shape, or form, I mean, I don't know what would, right? You've got one coach calling another coach dirty and the other coach firing back saying, <laughs> excuse me, you're despicable. You're as dirty as they come. That's uh, that's not going away anytime soon. And now, I mean, oh, my goodness, you talk about rivalry football between the two coaches, between the programs, between the fan bases talking about rivalry football that that that's very 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 loud fighting words on both sides of the fence right now holy moly so i don't see this going away anytime soon and uh, i I'll, I'll i'll be honest with you it's good for our business <laughs> it's great for our business but man that's uh that is strong that's uh, jimbo fisher coming strong man coming strong uh let's do this we're going to step away um you know well, well let's do let's let's take a listen one more time Jimbo Fisher also saying that uh, somebody should slap Nick Saban
2: I don't cheat and I don't lie So I learned that when I was a kid if you did the old man slapped you side of the head maybe somebody should have slapped him
0: There you go. There you go. Jimbo Fisher throwing it down. Not just throwing a little shade like Nick Saban did. He's throwing it down. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back broadcasting live at the Social House on Lisbon Road Menominee Falls. They officially open at 11, although the uh, doors are open. The breeze is blowing through here. It's fantastic. And as you're sitting there looking at it right now, this is uh, the uh, new edition, uh, what you're looking at. Uh, If you're watching over on the Bud Light live stream, the new edition to uh, to over here on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls, the social house, H-A-U-S. And also it is a tap takeover weekend for our friends at Budweiser. Uh, we got our guys from Burn Pit Barbecue that are in the house as well. We're a big sponsor of the program. Also, uh, the portion of the proceeds this weekend raised today, tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday, a portion of the proceeds and tips and such and donations all go to Fisher House, Wisconsin, helping military members, veterans, and their families at a time of need. Uh, and we can't do this without you. So please swing by and say hello. Stay tuned. We've got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up next. Offering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. the program the bill michaels show we continue on glad you're with us today a special day today we're broadcasting live we're here at uh, the social house on lisbon road in Menominee falls and uh, glad to have you with us as they uh, officially open their doors under the grand reopening today uh coming up here in about 10 minutes from now as a matter of fact uh but uh, this whole weekend is going to be a tap takeover from our friends over there at bud light and a portion of the proceeds uh, then go to fisher house wisconsin also today is our first day for uh, four stops where we are going to pre-register you for the motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 4th. And uh, we got a lot of great stuff. Yesterday, by the way, the official announcement was made. Uh, was just after I got off the air yesterday. I got a call. Uh, Jesse James Dupree from the band Jackal uh, will be here again this year, so he's going to hang out with us a little bit. Uh, we've got Hairbangers Ball, which is uh, the band that is going to be performing for us after – uh, during the after party, which is fantastic, uh, to get them is is so awesome, and it's right up our alley. Uh, you got Rebel Grace; it's going to be on the south stage, and then Hairbangers Ball uh, takes the north stage for the after party. And uh, the Warbirds are going to give us a flyover. We've got a special guest who wants to make an appearance, and we're not going to even announce that until the actually the day of. So uh, that's going to happen. We've got our friends at the Milwaukee Fire Department wanting to help out, uh, Milwaukee County Sheriff's Department wanting to help out, so uh, so many different things that we have on the docket for the motorcycle ride. But come out today, and you can get registered. You can also do it online if you choose to do so. Uh, You can follow it at Big Unit Poker Run over on Facebook, and you can find the uh, flyer there, and you can scan it uh, with your phone and register. But people who register today get in for a special drawing today for some $50 gift cards uh, for some local restaurants. So uh, by all means, if you uh, scan today, today and today only, there are going to be a drawing at the end of the day for some $50 gift cards uh, to some uh, local restaurants. So uh, so I, I encourage you today to register because then not only do you get registered for the grand prize drawing, which is going to be drawn the day of the ride, but also today only we're going to give a few things away as well. Uh, kind of give you a little more incentive to, to register for the ride, uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670, So, Ben, I want to get a, an update uh, on our guys over there at the the PGA Championship. The round that we were paying attention to, obviously, Rory, Jordan Spieth, uh, Tiger, uh, where are they at? But let's start with the update on our, our good buddy Santa Claus, better known as John Daly. John Daly, after birdieing
1: his first hole, he is 2-under through 13, tied for third right now.
0: Is he really? Yeah. Can he really sustain? Can he be there? Can he make the cut and be there for the remainder of the tournament? Could that possibly happen? No.
1: (laughs) But last time I said something like that, it was about Danny Willett and the Masters, and he obviously
0: finished in the top 15. Right. Right. Yeah. Can he actually be there? That would be fantastic. Can you imagine... What it would be like. Let's just let's just throw it out there, okay? If the final pairing, uh say a pairing on Sunday, uh, you know, anywhere near the top of the leaderboard, we'll say within five shots, can you imagine if the pairing would be Tiger Woods and John Daly? John Daly's pants Could have you imagine it? Me,
1: I, I mean his pants today have me feeling like I'm on acid. I can't imagine what a
0: Sunday fit is like. <laughs> That is awesome. John Daly right now tied for third, only two shots back. Rory McIlroy is your leader. Uh, Davis Riley at three under, and then you kind of go down from there. But uh, through 13, you've got John Daly sitting at 200. He can't keep this up. I I just, he can't. I don't think he can do it. Um, Where's Tiger, by the way? I know he's paired with Rory because Jordan Spieth is with him as well. He just bogeyed the 18th,
1: which was his ninth hole of the day. He is even.
0: Okay. He's he's at even par right now. Okay. So he's not far off. He's four shots off the pace. Uh, going through the rest of the leaderboard after eight, Bubba Watson is at even par as well. And uh, where is Jordan Speeth? Is Jordan Spieth near the top of the leaderboard, or is he even uh, further two back? Over. I think he's further back, isn't he? Two over? Okay. Yeah, Jordan Spieth sending a two over. Jason Duffner. At two over as well. Uh, you've got uh, a couple other names you might recognize. Lee Westwood, he is one over. Um, who else do we have here? Um, I'm just trying to go through this because we've got some guys that haven't even gone off yet. Uh, a lot of players have not gone off yet, as a matter of fact. there's The majority of the board um, has not gone off yet. Uh, did you see also that uh, when it comes to the world of golf, that Rory McIlroy, when asked specifically about Phil Mickelson, and whether or not he should have been there, Rory McEl- McElroy described the aff- absence uh, as unfortunate and uh, sad and said that uh, this should be a celebration. He won a major championship at 50 years old. It was probably his last big, big moment in the game of golf. I think he should be here this week and celebrating what a monumental achievement that uh, he achieved last year. Remember, he won it last year and he said it's unfortunate. It's sad. Yeah, I don't know what else I can say. Um, do you think Phil Mickelson should be there? I don't know.
1: I don't know if he should. Um, I can understand why he's not. I think he should be there because he should have avoided what happened in the last year and looked at it not from a selfish Mm -hmm. perspective of wanting $100 million. But that happened, and then after all that stuff happened, I understand why he did not show up.
0: Gotcha. I I mean, I get it because he's going to have to obviously answer uh, to a lot of the questions. But... um yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I get mixed feelings because some of the things that he said were outrageous. Obviously, um, he ha- he very much seemingly anyway had uh, an axe to grind against the PGA. And uh, but yet as well, I mean, he kind of made it seem like he would be dirty if he left and dirty if he stayed. Um, and, and you know what? Here's the other aspect of this. Phil Mickelson, you either love him or you hate him. There's not a lot of in between. He's he's a he's a polarizing dude because you know he goes through the you know the arthritis and such and and does the really nice commercials. Uh, he did. He did, doesn't anymore, but he did for Embroil, I think it was um, the arthritic, com- uh, um, a rheumatoid arthritis commercial, and very was very personable and grew popularity-wise through the commercial obviously and through his. His winning on the tour, but became very personable. But if you know him uh, and people on the the tour talk about him, you know, some people like him and others think he's a complete self-absorbed elite jackass. Um, And I have seen him be that. So for this, you know, I I, I guess some people kind of smile and say, well, you get what you, you know, when you treat people poorly, you get what you deserve. You know, so I, I don't, but Rory McIlroy, obviously one of the guys that you know, outspoken and saying that he believes Phil should be there. So, and it is unfortunate, um, but you know, it is what it is. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. You to get back into it coming up. We're going to talk a little bit more about the NIL, uh, about college athletics, about whether or not. Uh, and and it's interesting because the question is whether or not you know we should. You can't put the stuff back in the horse. You can't you can't unpay people now. You can't undo contracts because what's happening is legal. But how in the world, uh, with all the barbs being thrown back and forth between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher and some of the things that are being stated about programs now about going out? I mean, we Barry Alvarez has talked about it. Paul Christ has talked about it. You know, every coach is. Greg Gard was asked about it on your show. Uh, Kenny and Halprin about saying, "Hey, we're not gonna, we're not gonna delve into that." You know, we're not gonna do it as far as you know, promising kids certain amounts of money. But what do you do when other programs are and they're doing it legally? There's not much you can do about it. What are you gonna do? Is there gonna be a way to regulate this? We'll talk about that. Uh, more Brewers chatter coming up as well. Stay tuned. We got a lot more, a lot more uh, of the Bill Michael Show. Three more hours left to go. As a matter of fact, coming up. Stay tuned. We'll be back. Coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.